going on, guys? Welcome to episode 43 of NBA Unwrapped. This is Perry Aston, joined by a whole crew today. We've got my co-hosts, Corbin Weinerman and Christian McGowan, as well as my buddy and roommate, Max Arizin. Special guest today, too, Evan Jacoby from Yamble, the close partner with us now. So excited to have him on, talking our show with us. Before we do jump in and do some more of our intros and talk some crazy stuff going around the NBA, I want to remind you guys to listen to us on the podcast.com website, as well as the Apple iTunes app. Also find us on the Pulse Podcast Network. You can go to their website or on their Twitter at PulsePodNet. Also go download their app at the Apple iTunes store. It's available for Android as well. Find basketball on there, football, fantasy sports, even pop culture, all types of podcasts all in the one central hub. Pretty sure it's the first network app for podcasts. So it's definitely very nice, very sleek. Go download it. Pulse Podcast Network. Proud to be a part of it and a partner with them. Follow us on Twitter at NBA Unwrapped. You can also follow me on Twitter at Perry Aston. Follow Corbin on Twitter at Corbin Unwrapped. Follow Christian on Twitter at McGowan75. Max on Twitter at Party Max. Party is with an I. And our guest, Evan Jacoby at E V A N Jacoby, J A C O B Y. Now let's jump right in, guys, to Chris Stapps Porzingis, that news that dropped. I know everyone's probably got their own individual take on it, and I think we all can agree the Knicks didn't make the smartest move, but we're going to get into that in a sec. I know we have... I think time's going to tell us. Uh, time's going to tell. Evan here is now in Northern California, so he's in that same time zone with us, living this beautiful life here in Cali, but before he was in New York. We're going to let Evan gas himself up, so tell our listeners a little bit about your credentials and a little bit about what you've done. Yeah, thanks, man. So used to work for the NBA for six years at the league office in New York, social media manager for the NBA. That's the good story about my background. I've got the NBA credentials. Unfortunately, I am a lifelong Knicks fan as well. <laughs> so that's where the good news ends, because today it was not a very fun day for Knicks fans. I understand that you need to take some time to see how this trade's going to unshape. You know, do the Knicks have guarantees from guys that they're going to be coming this offseason, and now there's cap space to sign two max free agents, one with 10 years plus experience and another five to nine years experience in the league. And that's all great and dandy, but we're trading a young franchise player under team control in a salary dump in order to get that cap space to sign guys, which who knows if the Knicks are going to end up picking up anyone that's even as good as Kristaps Porzingis. So it's been an up and down day for Knicks fans. Like you guys said, I live in California now, but born and raised in New York, lived there for 28 years. It's been a whirlwind of a day. Early in the day, I get a notification that Porzingis just finished meeting with the Knicks brass and, and is unhappy and it's like all right you know what this isn't really news we know Porzingis hasn't it's, been it's happy expected. yeah you know and then an hour later we get the Woj bombs that Porzingis is on the move Dennis Smith is coming back to the Knicks future picks that can't even be unleashed until 2021 because the Mavericks have already traded their upcoming pick in the Doncic trade from last year. So, yeah, it's been a whirlwind of a day. I have to say, just overall as a Knicks fan, I'm just not happy about it because I've been dealing with this my whole life. We're finally tanking right. We finally have a good cap outlook. We've got Porzingis. No rush in coming back. Let him take his time. And then we go and trade him because he's unhappy. Who knows what's going on behind the scenes. It's been a really 
interesting situation. It's a whirlwind of a day for Knicks fans. I don't know how you guys feel. Just for all of our listeners, if you haven't heard the full trade. So the Mavericks received Chris Stapps Porzingis, Tim Hardaway Jr., Courtney Lee, and Trey Burke. The Knicks received Dennis Smith Jr., DeAndre Jordan, Wesley Matthews, and two first-round picks. But like you mentioned, since they already traded their first-round pick this year to the Hawks as part of the Luka Doncic trade, and because of the Stepien rule where teams are not allowed to trade first-round picks in consecutive years, the earliest that those picks could be would be 2021 and 2023, actually. So a little bit further out there, there's some reports that Kristaps Porzingis right now leaning towards signing the qualifying offer once he becomes a free agent this offseason. But that's another interesting thing to bring up about this whole thing because the Knicks, Evan, you mentioned that they already were pretty good in terms of salary cap-wise before the trade. I believe before the trade, and Evan, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I believe before the trade, the Knicks didn't even have enough cap space for one max free agent, right? They were pretty close to it, but they couldn't have done a full max for Kevin Durant, right? Yeah, I think they need to move some pieces around in order to get there, but right. they were planning to try to get something done. And they were rumored to be in a possible trade with the Kings for swapping salaries to make that happen, and I was hearing Zach Randolph, Tim Hardaway, people that they're looking to unload since they did spend that one summer a few years back just tossing well, money left and right with Joaquim Noah, who's still going to be haunting them for a little right, bit. Yeah. They. Got him, Hardaway Jr. got him off the books now, some uh, by a little bit, but they're still going to be haunted by him. The Knicks, you were right, not in the best cap situation before this, but they were still in a great one. They had maybe one or two moves away from bringing in a max guy. Chris Dapsportzingis, when you get a first-round pick, what do you hope it is? 75% of Chris Dapsportzingis. Ceiling, like no other, the potential, he's the unicorn. For there, it doesn't make sense to me because, yes, you can get the ability to possibly sign two free agents. Future picks, and you already are tanking to where you look like you're going to be getting a guy like Zion, RJ Barrett, someone in that tier. This just doesn't make sense to me because, like you said, you could have let Chris Dapps take his time, come back. You know this is a rebuilding year. And you have the ability to add one more guy to a decent nucleus. And now you're putting everything on chance. So like I said at the beginning of the podcast, how time will kind of tell if right. this is a good trade or not for the Knicks. With Chris Apps Porzingis, he's going to be a free agent this offseason. Restricted. This is a trade that it's not like the Knicks could have waited to do this sort of a trade. If Porzingis was what it was going to take to offload Tim Hardaway Jr.'s contract. Knicks had a few other bad contracts. I think Courtney Lee was signed past this year too, so they needed to clear him. Yeah. But Hardaway Jr was the big one he was the one four years 72 million dollars they needed to clear that to at the very least be able to get one max free agent if Porzingis was needed in order to get to those two max free agents maybe the Knicks know something that we don't weird with reports hearing that he walks in like you said Evan an hour before and it wasn't I'm demanding a trade it was I'm not exactly happy with the culture slash direction of the franchise and he said that to them before and we want to win so what can we do to get pieces here to where we're in a better position to win I think that's a normal reaction from a star came from another country planted his flagpole in the United States in New York has been very vocal about how much he likes it living his dream quote unquote as a New York Nick it's even in his bio on Twitter when I checked out his profile today or that's how it was yesterday at least he's happy there he's not saying trade me now he's saying get me some pieces in the future he he was he was concerned about 
the direction that they were going in, or at least the trend that had been developing over the past three and a half And unless years this was him. an awful confrontation between front office and him this morning, and it was just not clearly stated how bad it was, that was just a conversation that at that point yeah. they took and ran with it. I, an hour later, I they made a I saw that move. tweet, and I didn't think too much of it. I thought there's no way they're trading Porzingis. Because you heard but, those rumors a, yeah. week two, a week or two back about the Spurs I mean, possibly having you've interest. Been, you've been stuff, hearing that even going back to last say. season, where Porzingis had a similar meeting with the Knicks management voicing his frustrations over them being able to build a contender around him. The thing with Porzingis, though, and something that gives me just a little bit of concern about his outlook going forward, if he is healthy, yeah, I think he can turn into at least one of the top 10 players in the NBA. But he's a seven foot three big man. You look at his injury history and the history of NBA players seven foot three or taller. His injury history over the past three years, I don't think he's played any one season where I think it's no more than 60 games. It might be 65. A bit concerning. Then you unpack it a little bit more. I believe the majority, at least, of all seven foot three NBA players or bigger over the course of the entire history of the NBA have had pretty severe injury issues and have not been able to have a long-term career. I can't imagine being that tall, first off. Just think being seven it's three, just... even if you're not very heavy, like Kristaps Porzingis isn't a tank. He is clearly slender and to where it's not that much body weight comparison to a six foot ten dude who's super bulky it's probably the same in regards to body yeah that's still but the, you're just thinking about yeah, seven three you're on stilts wins. you're on that's stilts proportion. i don't know if you would make the argument that it's better to be skinny at that size or bigger because bigger you would think you'd be able to take a little bit more of a pounding kind of like a yao ming but he had the foot issues he had different injury issues throughout his career too much different player than yao ming but that's the thing that just gives me concern Look, if this works for the Knicks and they're able to get two max players this offseason, for example, the two most rumored, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Which would be crazy if it were to happen. If everything happens perfectly for the Knicks, next season they have Dennis Smith Jr. unless they end up trading him because Kyrie Irving and Dennis Smith Jr. I don't think can play well together, but they could have Dennis Smith Jr., Kyrie Irving, Frank Tilakina, Kevin Durant, and if the ping pong balls land in their favor, Zion Williamson. That is probably the the best team in the East and a championship contender from You just said it there with the East. That's what really stands out to me because in the West, you look at it now, the Lakers around the nine seed and in a must-win game today to keep in contention and we reported about an hour ago LeBron James will yeah, be returning. Will be Thank the heavens. So I just had to change my pants really quick just from saying that out loud. <laughs> the Lakers are in a must-win and you see them at the nine seed when in the East, seven and the eight seed aren't even at 500, I believe. So it's not very difficult to sneak into the playoffs. Max, I want to ask you since you're from New York also and actually a funny similar situation to Evan just recently located out here. You guys heard Max here a couple podcasts ago for NBN Rap, so he's joining the show more. Just wanted to ask you your take since you're from New York yourself, always been a Knicks fan. What do you feel about the direction? Do you think this has some positivity hidden underneath it or are you just as pissed as Evan is right now? I am just as pissed as Evan because this is the third time this has happened in the last... I want to say 15 years. First, it was we're building up to get LeBron James with yeah. Donnie Walsh and Mike D'Antoni yeah, and 2010. Then we get all these young guys and then what do we do? Trade for Tracy McGrady's expiring contract hoping for LeBron. We have a max contract we can offer him. Strike out on that. Right. End up with a bunch of role players and Amari Stoudemire who basically broke like a twig. Trading the role players for Carmelo Anthony. And they, right, yeah, trading the role players for Carmelo Who is the best player to play on the Knicks in the last decade in my opinion? Probably. And they 
had at a, its peak, yes. And we had a article on our website from Cody Potenko. It was his opening article, The Art of Tanking and the Knicks with Zion going there. And he was saying that was the only superstar they've had in the last decade. And he would venture to say that Melo's not even a superstar. And I think that's debatable. Yeah. But you could have that debate. Yeah. So that's sad enough to say that. When Phil Jackson first came in, I think it was, what, the summer of 2016, we go out, get Derrick Rose to sort of get rid of all the bad contracts we gave out last year. And then we're hoping for something in 2017. Nothing happened. It's just the same story over and over again, regardless of who's in charge. You guys right. signed Joakim Noah. He used to be good. Well, Joakim think- Noah wasn't a bad enough mistake. So then... Yeah. It was one or two off-seasons. It was two off-seasons. That's even worse. What makes it even worse worse is the fact that Tim Hardaway was a product of this new management. You signed him to go for a youth movement, (laughs) and you just ship him out to get more expiring contracts. Go do it again. Same mistakes. I'm a fan of David Fisdale, the coach that is there. I liked him when he was in Memphis. I thought they let him go, obviously, because of the Marcus All tip that they had together. But David Fisdale was a player's coach. You guys remember that rant the about the data and all that stuff after the playoff game? That dude's passionate. He's a player's coach. People like to play for him. And I think it's perfect to have him in New York. But the thing is, I don't like their front office. And you only are as good as who you're working for. He is a great coach, but he's not the one that shipped off Chris Stops per Persingas. He's not the one that's forced all of these moves from the front office. That's Dolan, a especially it all starts from the top as a player i'm not going to want to go play for a poverty franchise like that nowadays to me it looks like it's cancerous if i'm a free agent wanting to go to new york they have a star and they can't even handle that correctly they botched that since when carmelo i know max and i were arguing today who was more influential between amari and carmelo who was better at their prime when they were playing for the knicks i said mellow he said amari amari was kind of past his prime that first half of the season was pretty awesome i'm not gonna lie yeah, he had a great start with the knicks <laughs> exactly that was a great feeling i'm not gonna lie I I think there is some truth to the Kevin Durant rumors about him going to the Knicks. I could see that maybe happening, but if I had to guess one way or another, I would say it's not going to happen. I just can't wait for the Knicks to sign like Terry Rozier to a match. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I said. They're going to overpay about, yeah. for a tier two guy, and <laughs> that scary, seems like a perfect. Scary Terry's a good guy. Scary Terry is a good guy. Scary, but not, scary Terry will get you a nice little first round exit each year. I yeah, don't know, but I know Durant's not going anywhere. Having worked for the Warriors, that entire team is just like a tight-knit family. You think, though, just because of how much it's going to cost to keep all of them together, you think they'll be able to oh, yeah. keep their Without whole board together? Lacob has all of his players invested in Silicon Valley. I think since he got to the Warriors, he's invested in over a thousand startups. they keep DeMarcus Cousins next year, too? I think that's more of a long shot, but I mean, I would say it's in the realm of possibility. We'll this talk is- about this a little bit more when we talk about Clay Thompson possibly jumping ship and a few topics. Just want to do two buyout candidates real quick. DeAndre Jordan and Wes Matthews. I think they could be gone before they even play a game for them. Possibly come into the Lakers. I know right. Corbin and I had talked about that earlier. What do you guys think about him being bought out? I think he'll be flipped before anything, or one of them will be flipped. Yeah. There's, yeah. Just, there's just no value in just buying them out. But DeAndre can shoot free throws now. What do you mean? Yeah, there's, what, yeah, yeah, there's no more hack What is he going to do? There's no more hack with DeAndre Jordan. He actually taking the time to improve his free throw one area of his game that was absolutely awful. Another reason for the Lakers to sign. I'm a fan sure. here, so you don't have to convince me. I would love him to come, especially we just talked about Tyson Chandler before the podcast. He's on the twilight of his career. He made a really strong impact, and he's helped them a lot just from a mentality standpoint, but you can just tell he's 36 years old, and playing 20 minutes a game, he just can't do that consistently, and he's been wearing down as the season's gone on. We're going to get into the Anthony Davis rumors in a little bit, but if a trade's made and Ivica Zubats is sent out, then the Lakers really just have JaVale McGee, because as a Laker fan, I don't feel comfortable giving Tyson Chandler many minutes. Right. LeBron at the five. And we can see how it all works out. Evan, I want to ask you your opinion on DeAndre Jordan and 
and Wes Matthews, what you kind of think about the possibility of them being bought out? And if so, what do you think are some good destinations for the two of them? I'm not sure which one of you guys noted this, but I think there's potential that those guys can get flipped before they get bought out. You know, DeAndre, I think, is having a bit of a rough patch. He is shooting free throws better. As you guys mentioned, he can actually hit his free throws now, but he's looked like a sieve on defense for them. He's just not really moving up and down the floor that well. He's not scoring for them. He's grabbing boards and kind of putting up those box score numbers there, but I'm not really a fan of what DeAndre is at this point. Depends what kind of situation he's in, but I think you might be able to flip Wes Matthews, actually, just given the need that so many teams have for wings. There's no such thing as a team in the NBA right now that does not have a use for a 3 and D wing that can shoot, defend, and bring veteran experience right. to a team. Everyone wants a player like that. Wes Matthews has a really good reputation in the league, too. I mean, obviously, he's fallen off a little bit, especially since he had that real bad injury. I think it was the yeah. Achilles injury yeah. he's had. Back. I think there's value there. DeAndre will be interesting to see. I assume that neither of them really wants to play on this Knicks team, so I think something's going to have to be done, but I would like to see the Knicks try to flip at least one of them if they buy both of them out i think that's just another l on this day oh so you, like add, you just that. keep adding l's i totally agree if you can get any value that would be that'd yeah. be a good ideal situation if you can flip at least deandre jordan who yeah. i think is a slightly more appealable piece in my opinion between the two i think west mathley's just screamed buyout candidate in my eyes when deandre cool. jordan at this point you can get someone to maybe fish with some bait there if you can get some minimal return but at least minimal return is better than having to buy him out letting him walk for it's nothing. just the tough thing with trying to flip either of them is that they both have pretty large salaries yeah, and they're they're on expiring contracts which exactly. is great for the knicks right. but if they're looking to trade them to make the salaries match with any other team knicks did this to create cap space so they're not going to go flip them even if they get a first round pick out of it which obviously it wouldn't but they're not going to do that at the expense of taking on salary past this year i agree with deandre jordan though one interesting thing and why i think if one of them stays it's deandre jordan has a pretty good relationship with kevin durant so that could be a way to kind of show him how the organization looks that's, that's not what you how they've been looking lately but deandre uh, jordan's not recruiting kevin durant he's not yeah. that piece that brings kevin durant there yes, he's he he's just that <laughs> big man there that's on an expiring contract i don't think that plays any role and these two guys especially play zero role into the next future you think about it now though deandre jordan staying might not be the worst idea as a mentor to mitchell robinson because now yeah. you look at it like that big what was it every team in back in 16 got an extra 16 million dollars in cap space and because the players association argued for that I believe Silver wanted to just do it slowly and slowly rise. And now we're finding out no teams have money and now the market's correcting itself. Difference in max contracts. The max contract may be lower this summer than it was, say, three years ago. So instead of paying Durant 30 to $35 million per year, you can get him. I think it's him. like 38, but yeah. Yeah, 38, but you probably get him for probably 28. Only the Warriors could sign him to like a huge max deal and not a lot of teams have the money either. And when you have, what, what was it, like $74.1 million it's like in open. Point, yeah. that much money in cap space you got a lot to do but you also have to have the organization in place like when the heat did that to get the original super team i mean you had the godfather of basketball i'm not talking about langelo you had uh pat riley running yeah. it's his way or the highway but he knows what he's doing and he has the rings to talk the about silver it. fox that dude is, yeah he's a legend he's a legend here we got nothing we got fizdale <laughs> and the promises of kevin knox 
That's pretty much it. Yeah, I like the idea of these two guys getting bought out, going to contenders. My gut tells me DeAndre Jordan somehow ends up with the Lakers. I know every rumor seems it. like it's going to the Lakers right now, but I've seen reports today. It makes sense. And like we said with Tyson Chandler, just not making the impact that we would hope going well, into the playoffs. If we do unload Zubak, that would make yeah. a lot of sense. I mean, they still have McGee, NA. but what player that's been rumored to be moving is not going to the Lakers, or at least supposedly. Yeah, we'll see. Wes Matthews, I think to me, I saw a report that said Rockets, and that made a lot of sense to me too. Seems like yeah, a very good some, fit for a team. For them a team trying to compete that's been riddled with injuries this year. It's definitely a good match, and I see that happening. We're going to move on to the news that we are dying to talk about here. <laughs> Anything Lakers. Anthony Davis, the rumors that he has requested a trade, he's not happy, and will not be signing an extension in New Orleans. He made that clear to the front office, has pleaded to make a trade, put him in a position to win now wherever he does go. So the Lakers news pops up, and as the stories progress, more and more has came out every single day. It's looking at this point like any other team that would want to trade for Anthony Davis will just be a one-year rental for AD. It'll be just a pit stop for him. So it's looking like they're going with the tactic of drying out the market so that way the Lakers offers the most appealing. There's a couple interesting things that we should talk about with the Celtics who are also a team that could offer a good package with the assets that they have with the great moves that Danny Ainge has made in the last five years. He's been wheeling and dealing, setting them up for something like this, to be 100% honest. If they want to cast in their chips, it seems like a good time to do so. The problem is with the way that the CBA is set up, there's something called a Rose Rose Rule. rule, And it's to where now that Kyrie Irving is signed to a specific contract, they cannot trade for Anthony Davis without unloading Kyrie. So I'm going to let Corbin talk about it, who's the cap cap specialist, (laughs) Mr. Cap over here. Cap captain. Anthony Davis coming to LA is a possibility. There's just a lot of logistics that need to be figured out. And with other teams that seem to be rumored at this point, the Celtics seem to have the best package. It's just looking like it's going to be a little tough. So Corbin, let's, let's hear Yeah, it. so the Celtics have a really good package that they could offer. But like you mentioned, Perry, they just can't offer it as long as they have Kyrie Irving on their roster for this year. With the CBA, there's the Rose Rule, which you mentioned, which is where if you trade for one player that's on a designated rookie extension, which is where you're paying someone off of their rookie contract a higher contract on their second contract than what they would normally be allowed to based on CBA rules. You can go over and above that for a player if you think that they're worth it, if they're good enough, and Kyrie obviously was worth it. But because they traded for him, until he is off of his extension from his rookie contract, which will be through the rest of this year, they cannot trade for another player that's on a designated rookie extension, which Anthony Davis is for the next two years until he opts out. In regards to the Lakers, though, in this whole situation, there's rumors all the time about, oh, what player are they going to try to get in free agency this offseason? Trading for Anthony Davis before this offseason versus after if they were to sign a free agent makes a pretty big difference in terms of how likely and how clear of a path it is to get that third player or second player through free agency. If the Lakers trade for Anthony Davis before the trade deadline on February 7th, and for argument's sake, let's say they trade their entire young core. So that's Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, 
Ivica Zubats, Kyle Kuzma, and Josh Hart, and probably throw in a first-round pick or two. Throw in all the food in the pantry. You throw in everything that yeah. you can. You throw a nice bottle yeah, of I, talent I, I in I completely there agree. Offering all of those players, because of the way that the CBA is set up with trades where you have to make a trade within 25% of the salaries that are incoming, the Lakers would still be about 2 or $3 million short of making it work. But that's easily fixable. You could throw in Michael Beasley, throw in Lance Stevenson. Magic Johnson uh, just writes a, a personal <laughs> check right there. <laughs> what, whatever you want to do. So you can make that work. But Anthony Davis also has a 15% trade kicker that extends onto what his current contract is, and I believe it's around $27, $28 million. So with that 15% extension, you're looking at paying him about $31 million after this season. If after this season, so the Lakers, let's say they trade for Anthony Davis, trade all their young core, and in this offseason, the only two players that the Lakers have signed to a contract are LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So Anthony Davis could decline his trade kicker, which would help the Lakers because that would give them another 3 or $4 million in cap space. But let's say that he doesn't do that because his agent is Rich Paul, as has been noted time and time again, same agent as LeBron James. But Rich Paul clients have notoriously throughout Rich Paul's tenure as an agent, not been willing to sacrifice and take less money in His order to His first name is Rich, and yeah. you don't think he's going to promote being exactly. as rich as possible. Exactly. So if Anthony Davis does opt to not have his trade kicker kick in, the Lakers, if they just had Anthony Davis and LeBron James on their roster, because CBA rules stipulate that you still need to have cap holds for every player that you don't have signed, under 12 players. So because they only have two players, they would need to have cap holds for 10 additional players at the league minimum, which would be about 850-ish thousand dollars. That lowers their cap space by around seven, eight million dollars. Bottom line is that the Lakers would have around 27 million dollars in cap space left to spend in the offseason, which is fine if you're going after a player offering them a max contract if they have four to six years of service because then their max contract is only 25% of the cap. But all the big name players in free agency this offseason have either seven to nine years, which is where you're in one tier for the max contract, where you're starting at around $32 million in your first year, which would be Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, Jimmy Butler, and Kevin Durant, who has 10 plus years of service, which he's in the highest tier where his starting salary would be 37.6 million, I believe. 37.6 yeah. right. million Gosh, that dollars. That's my starting salary. Can you <laughs> fucking believe that? The numbers nowadays in NBA are insane. I mean, but, they're not baseball numbers still, but we're getting there. I mean, yeah, they're close. They're pretty close. But, so, anyways, with the Lakers having about $27 million in cap space, they would need to persuade any of those players to take less than the max, which it's conceivable. Clay Thompson will also fit into the seven and nine years at $32 million. So it's conceivable. I mean, there's reports that Kyrie wants to come to the Lakers. So those are our next two topics. Let's kind of talk about that and some possibilities. I hope you guys got all that because I just learned so much. Bottom line, if the Lakers... <laughs> Wait to trade for Anthony Davis until after they sign a free agent. It's just a lot more realistic in terms of salaries. Right. Did you take like a class? I love this. You should have seen mine and Christian's faces <laughs> during that. We just looked at each other with just our jaws to the ground. I want to ask you, Evan, and I hope you're newly informed as well. Welcome to Unwrapped 101 here at Unwrapped <laughs> University with <laughs> Professor Corbin. The cap captain. The cap captain. But we kind of want to talk about, now that you've heard that, maybe some names 
teams that you would like to see pair up next year if you think it's a better idea to go for AD now and go and put your chips onto the table for this year. Now we've mentioned Clay Thompson possibly being interested in joining if he's not offered the correct contract and if Anthony Davis is to have joined Kyrie with that possible reunion with LeBron. So a lot of things have been rumored. If you're the Lakers, what are you doing? Are you trying to get AD now? Do you go with Corbin's logic and try and put off if you are going with logic too? Oh, I'm, I'm still saying if they can get Anthony Davis now, they do it and then just deal with everything else later. Totally. If you have a chance to get someone like him, you do it. You don't right. wait for the possibility of signing someone. So, I love that mentality. Just fuck it. Just get him. Yeah. Just get it now. So, Evan, what do you think about the Lakers situation? Yeah, so, I mean, I think the key variable here is obviously we're talking to probably a, a big LA heavy audience a lot of lakers fans there's a lot more lakers fans in the world than pelicans fans the Hell thing yeah. we gotta remember is dell demps and the pelicans are making this trade and the lakers package i think is interesting and if i were them i would be going like you guys have said like corbin said i would be throwing everyone on the table and going all in right now to get right. anthony davis and i think they should do that because if you don't do it now before the trade deadline and the Celtics come into play this summer, the number one pick comes into play this summer. We'll know who has the number one pick, which is obviously a big time asset and could be a complete restart your franchise kind of move for the Pelicans if they can find a trade partner there, whoever has the number one pick. But the problem is we just, we don't know what the Pelicans are thinking here. They're an interesting franchise. They obviously are in limbo a little bit. They've got their ownership and management, which is a little more tied into the New Orleans Saints and the Pelicans. And you've got Dell Demps here, who I don't know if he's going to be there long term is he even going to be the person that wants to make this trade does he want this pressure to make this trade of anthony davis or does he want the successor to make the trade i think there's a lot of variables there in new orleans that are going to come into play that unfortunately it's not really up to the lakers right now if they do get him before the deadline but in terms of what i think the lakers should be looking at yeah, I, I think the Lakers need to make this play now. I think they've actually played it pretty smart. The fact that they've kind of played their hand that, okay, we'll throw in two of the big pieces, not everyone. Like, okay, we'll give you Lonzo, we'll give you Ingram, but let's hang on to Kuzma. Or, okay, we'll, we'll throw you Lonzo and Kuzma. They've kind of positioned themselves to, all right, we're going to be tough to negotiate with you guys on this. I think they need to, at the end of the day, when the trade deadline is coming up, say, hey, New Orleans, here's all of our young pieces. There are some attractive young pieces. Take anyone you want. Take anyone you want. It does not matter. We do not need to keep Kuzma here. I know Lakers fans are loving Kuzma and what he's been doing the last couple of weeks. But yeah, I think the Lakers need to make their move now because if they don't, the Celtics get involved. Obviously, they have big-time assets. They have a GM who's made these things happen over and over again the last couple of years. They fleece teams. You know, I don't even want to bring up Philly because that's a sore spot for a lot of my East Coasters as well. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, they, they Philly, definitely... Philly, Cleveland. They came out of there like bandits with Jason Tatum with that way that they pulled off this fold situation. You know that. And yeah. the thing that interests me is because what I'm hearing is... Anthony Davis has made it clear he's going to be a one-year rental to any team that trades for him except for the Los Angeles Lakers. So now at this point, do the Celtics throw in everything in the kitchen sink at that point, not knowing if they're going to be able to hold on to Anthony Davis? And people can bring up the Paul George situation, saying that he was only going to go to LA, and then once he got traded to the Thunder, kind of fell in love with what they had going on there, and look at him now. So yes, this could be another situation like that, but my gut feeling is telling me that this has been well thought out from Anthony Davis's camp. This is something that actually blindsided the Pelicans because they genuinely thought that they'd have that chance to sign him to that Supermax. They're blind if they think that. 
Yeah, I think they did, though, for a while, and they went in really trying to compete this year, and they're the 12th seed or 13th seed, something pretty underwhelming for a team yeah. that was a potential top five, top three, top two team. Last year, At depending on when you looked at them at the time of year, they were hot as ever, yeah, even after losing Boogie Cousins. They were one of the Cousin. last four teams standing in exactly. the, in the playoffs. So, and you also have won two playoff series in seven years of having Anthony Davis. I think just one, right? You know, just, then they've made two they've made playoff, the playoff series. Twice, yeah. It's pretty pathetic. Yeah, because before that, how many times did they do that with eight years of Chris Paul? Yeah. So this is just a franchise that's a poverty franchise. They're underwhelming, and they don't have the guys at the helm willing to pull the trigger and make the moves necessary to win now. And it looked like they were when they went all in for Boogie Cousins, and they really got screwed when he went down with the Achilles. Yes, but they botched what could have happened this year, bringing on DeMarcus Cousins for possibly the same as the Warriors did. Who knows? Because what reports were was that they didn't offer a respectful deal to him or any deal at all to where Boogie wanted to stay, and they always joke about that between him and AD about the what-ifs and we could have stayed together and it makes me even believe more that the pelicans were not aggressive at all in the pursuit of boogie cousins and it was disrespectful to him there was a report that they had offered him a two-year 40 million dollar contract i think sometime around when the season was ending but then they took that off the table so that wasn't even there it just Uh, seems like they're not doing the right moves they're their their owner gail benson so it used to be tom benson who's also the was the owner of the saints yeah he passed away gail benson it's very clear that she cares a lot more about the saints than she does about the pelicans there's also been some reports that they brought in NFL executives into the Pelicans organization to try to make decisions for them, and they've been able to overrule some of the NBA executives. It's just not a well-run franchise. But on your point about what was being said, Anthony Davis, considering any place other than the Lakers as a one-year rental, if a team trades for him before the trade deadline and it's not the Lakers, it's not a one-year rental. It's a two-year rental. You're going to have two years of having Anthony Davis on your team for yep. a playoff run. Year and, and a that, half. Year and a half, but, but still. But two, two years of playoff runs, two years of being in the playoffs with Anthony Davis, you would assume. And that's why I think this situation is definitely a lot different than Paul George or Kawhi Leonard because when they were being traded, it's only one year of having them, one year of a playoff run. I think that even though all of the reports and everything, it's basically Lakers are the only team that we're hearing about, and part of it is because so many people care about the Lakers. We also just clap the loudest. Right. But I think I would not I, I would not be shocked if some dark horse team comes in and swoops up Anthony Davis before Milwaukee. the trade deadline. Yeah, Milwaukee said they're gonna give well, everything. They, they said every single player but Giannis was on the trade block for him. I'm yeah, sure any team like that a duo would, of Giannis and Anthony Davis would be oh insane. God. He ain't leaving Milwaukee after that. <laughs> I don't know about that, and it thinks it really depends on what Anthony Davis wants. Clearly, if he's in it for the money, you're going to take that Supermax deal that the Pelicans can offer you. What was it, five years, $240 million, Corbin? Yeah, like five years, 238 As yeah. someone who lived in New Orleans, there's not amount of money you could pay me to live there. I don't, I don't, I don't make as much as he does, let me tell you that. Five years, 238 you wouldn't say there? Food's good, the racism can go. I don't <laughs> but Anthony Davis is obviously a star that draws a lot of attention. It's going to be interesting to see how 
the Pelicans are able to handle the situation. At this point, do they want what they can get now? Do they want to trust somebody else like Danny Ainge and wait? Is Danny Ainge trustworthy? Oh, we'll just dangle this offer and wait until the season starts. Who knows what could happen till then? And that's the only team that's in a position to grab him for the playoff run this time, playoff run next time with the package that seems like it'd be attractive to the Pelicans. They just got screwed by this Rose rule. So I think that's the only thing saving the Lakers right now. Yeah. Really quickly before we move on, gut feeling, one word, yes or no, is Anthony Davis a Pelican February 8th, the day after the trade deadline? Max? No. Barry? Hell no. And that's hyphenated because you said one word. (laughs) He's a Laker tomorrow. I don't know how many words that is. Evan, what do you think? All hyphenated. One word. Good job, Chris. Unfortunately, I think yes. I think he's still on the Pelicans and they wait till the summer. Yeah, I I agree. I wouldn't be shocked, but I think more than a 50% chance he's still on the Pelicans. I think Del Demps cracks, realizes that if he waits, he's not going to know what's going to be up. The thing is, what I'm hearing is Magic Johnson on Wednesday offered five different deals. Five different and, potential deals. And those were anything except LeBron, anything but LeBron. Yeah, how many? Not including LeBron. He just spot, he five ways of saying. Yeah. He typed in synonyms on I the, heard in a power line. move, the fifth option was a job with the Lakers when he gets fired for not giving him <laughs> Just a so Kobayashi Maru that and just flip it around. <laughs> for when you say no, I got you. you I have your next job. Yeah, yeah, when you're fired. In terms of like potential packages, one trade that Anthony Davis looks good is the one from the Lakers. It looks better than what the Knicks traded to Denver in exchange for Carmelo Anthony. You're, oh, getting, yeah. you're getting Lonzo, Kuzma, Ingram, and Zubak. Zubak being sort of a throw because he's a young guy like Mozgopoulos. Who's playing very well. well. He's playing well. Sell high. People who argue that Kuzma's a better prospect than Ingram or Ball, they just, they don't understand. Kuzma's 23. Yeah, yeah, Anthony Davis true. is 25. Two-year difference. Yeah, that is a big Long, thing. Yeah, Lonzo and Ingram at least are both 21. Yeah, he, but you got both of those, and those are pieces that really fit in well. And Ingram's in coming off his best game of his career. career. High, yeah, yeah, 36 he, points. He had an amazing game last game. He was dunking all over the place. We tweeted one of those out on NBA. That, on that, Rack, that, yeah. that was his don't trade me game which turned into the thank you Brandon now we're going to trade you yeah. Yeah, I was like, do you think he dunked that reluctantly like <laughs> oh I'm doing too well like, should I miss this shot yeah. I really don't want to play in New Orleans just airball the next six shot <laughs> he must have had a girl on courtside 100% if he played like that I wish I saw that Brandon Ingram happening earlier we're going to move on to a little bit more Laker news LeBron James Camps made it known to the Lakers that he'd prefer a coaching change this was about five days ago his opinion yeah, still Jackie, hasn't changed Jackie McMullen uh, reported that. I don't think his camp's opinion has changed in the last five days. I think it's going to be how the Lakers go about the rest of the season. We're going to see how they're able to finish it out with LeBron now coming back tonight, like we said, against the Clippers. We are recording on Thursday night, so he's coming back. We're going to see how that plays out, the squeak back into at least the seven or the eight seed within the next couple of games. It's just going to depend on how Luke Walton ends this season. For me, He's a perfect LeBron coach. He just needs a puppet there. That's all he needs. A guy that, who knows, if, if Luke Walton, you consider him a decent defensive coach, like you said, Corbin. I he think can, he's a great if, if he can coach. yell and hype up the troops, so be it. That's good. That means he's a better person than Ty Lue was because Ty Lue was Ty useless. And <laughs> at this point, as long as he's there holding a clipboard and LeBron can coexist and win games, that's a LeBron coach. I saw a report saying that uh, they wouldn't be shocked if Ty Lue 
took over for Luke Walton. I, I would sit in a that. corner for about a week and not talk to anybody <laughs> at all if they went and got Ty Lue. I would be so disappointed in Magic and Rob Palenka and anyone else that had to do with the Lakers who have made some fantastic decisions for them to go trust in a guy like Ty Lue. On this subject, though, with Luke Walton having his job in jeopardy, Perry, you said that you thought that the Lakers management has made some good decisions. Yes. I would argue not really. I mean, obviously getting LeBron James, that's a no-brainer. The ones killed where, the draft the ones since Magic's came as well. The Mo Wagner draft pick with the 25th overall pick, that reportedly Magic Johnson overruled the scouting department. They had some other wing players that they wanted the Lakers to take with that 25th pick. But Magic said, no, we're going with Mo Wagner. That's my guy. That's who I want. But I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about Luke Walton is in this jeopardy part of it's his own doing because he is not very adaptive to changing based on the roster but the roster that was constructed the lakers front office rob palinka and magic johnson did not doing any favors for surrounding lebron james you wanted a someone a stretch big man who could stretch the floor and still play defense and protect the rim they had brooke lopez they let him go to the bucks for three and a half million dollars and instead they signed lance stevenson who has historically not been a good three-point shooter, even though this year he's having the best three-point shooting season of his career, which is Lance the LeBron effect. Whatever amount of money he wanted to just see him throw air guitars no, I and I want, I want Dougie's in front of Lopez Lopez can actually shoot the ball. Exactly. No, and I'm saying they should have gone with him. I agree. And then you're dealing even more with small ball lineups. You have Julius Randle, one of the perfect small ball fives in the NBA, and he was a restricted free agent. You didn't even give it a full day to try right. to negotiate with him. You right. rescind your qualifying offer to him, let him go to the Pelicans for $9 million, and then you sign Rajon Rondo to that same $9 million. On top of that, I mean, all the injury issues that they've had, not just LeBron, but Kuzma missing time, Lonzo Ball missing time, Rondo missing, I don't know how many games. It's been most of the season for him, too. Luke Walton has not been able to catch much of a break. Part of the problem is Luke Walton, too, in that as good of a defensive coach as he is, his rotations, I just have not been a fan of his rotations. His inability to adapt to the players that are available and how players are playing is very set with his rotations. This is year three of him as the coach, and I have not been impressed at all with their half-court offense. Yes, they want to get out and run, but in the playoffs, especially when the game's going to slow down, right now it's just when LeBron's healthy, it's give it to LeBron, and then let's just see what he can figure out. And without LeBron, it's been just awful. And one last point, the Lakers are the only team in the NBA without a shooting coach. That blows my mind because the Lakers are last in the NBA in free throw percentage. I believe they're second or third worst in the NBA in three-point percentage. You look at the LeBron James teams over the past seven, eight years, they've all been one of the better three-point shooting teams in the NBA. And part of it is, yes, they've had better three-point shooters, but for you to be the only team without a shooting coach and you are struggling this much. No, I think you should have Lonzo Ball teaching every shooting drill. His form is flawless. <laughs> That's just my opinion. Evan, what do you think is Luke Walton's future? Do you think he ends the season as head coach? When you acquire LeBron James, a prerequisite of having LeBron James is everyone's on the hot seat. The entire time so that, that LeBron's on your team. I mean, that's just, that's what you sign up for. And it, it's been proven true every stop he's been at. And look, it's every single fan would sign up for that. Every single owner, front office, executive, even if they're on the hot seat, even if the coach is on the hot seat, everyone will sign up for this. But that's just the way it goes with LeBron. And I think to answer the question, if Luke Walton's going to be there at the end of the season, I don't think that right now 
is the time to make that determination whether he should stay or go just because I mean we're talking about assimilating LeBron James to a young team he's been out for what five weeks and just coming back tonight I think you need to give Luke Walton a little more time I mean Corbin made some really good points there about what's gone on some specifics there I don't think on a game-to-game basis he's given them the best chance to win especially this season but I do think if you look at Last season, they played pretty well at stretches when they were yeah. a team that, that wasn't even in playoff contention, and they really showed some good fight. I think this season, it's been tough. I mean, when you bring in LeBron James, there's a lot of people walking on eggshells and not sure where they're going to fit in with that team. So I think you got to give him a little more time and kind of let this season play out. And the second half of the season after the All-Star break, I think is really important for the future of this franchise because if they do not make a trade for Anthony Davis, then you've got a lot of guys who are potentially auditioning for their spots on this team you've got a coaching staff which is coaching for their future and you've got LeBron essentially having the power to pick and choose who he likes playing with and who he gets along with there I totally agree with you and with LeBron James that's going to segue me into our next topic with the all-star game being one of the captains and always one of the lead vote-getters around for players, coaches, aliens, animals. It does not matter who you are. LeBron James should be the first person on your ballot. Even if he misses time, for me, it's LeBron James. It's a shoe-in. I think he's going to make the All-Star game every single year. We're going to talk starters and reserves. The reserves were actually announced today. So we got kind of the whole rosters here, and we'll talk a little bit more all-star news. It is in Charlotte, so before I get going with the rosters, just want to talk about a hometown boy, J. Cole, who will be performing at halftime. So that's going to be extremely exciting. We tweeted that out. Big J. Cole fan myself. Yeah, I'm love gonna, it. I love seeing that. He actually tweeted, he said, I'm a Knicks fan now. It's because of his close ties yeah, with close Dennis, Dennis Smith Jr. Smith Jr. <laughs> so he'll be one of the only fans there um, with you, my man. So we'll be seeing how that works That's out. a great brand ambassador, though. Oh, I definitely agree. He's got the right guy on his side. J. Cole, in my opinion, is one of the best feature rappers of all time. Not rappers, but when he threw yeah. him off for 30 seconds on your song. Wait, hold oh, on. God damn, he's going to no, kill No, no, it. we're not going to talk about rap. You know he had double <laughs> platinum album. No features, right? Yep. No, so feature, no features. Oh, totally agree <laughs> with you. Put respect on him. J. Cole, feature, no feature. He's one of the best, and we're going to be seeing him at the NBA All-Star Halftime Show. The West All-Star Starters. Let's start with the captain and LeBron James, Steph Curry, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Paul George. I'm going to ask you guys if you think they got the starters right. Corbin, between the five of them, did anyone get snubbed, or do you think that seems like a pretty good five? Uh, you could make an argument for Anthony Davis over Paul George, but Paul George is having a lights out incredible. He's season. having yeah. he's up there in the MVP I think he's a discussion. Dark horse MVP he is a dark horse. So yeah, I can't say. Did they get it right, thing. Christian, with Curry, Harden, Durant, Paul George, and LeBron? Especially when you look. Yes, I do. When they took it, this snippet of how the NBA doing is at this point in time, it makes a hundred percent sense. I think they got yeah. it as right as they've gone in a while. And Max, I'm going to ask you that same question for the West All-Stars. Do you think they got those five right? Just in general, when it comes to the starters and reserves, I don't think there is really a right and wrong answer. Let's be honest. The NBA All-Star game is pretty much a joke. Everybody watches the dunk contest, the three-point shootout, the skills challenge, and maybe they'll tune in for five minutes to watch the game on Sunday. It's most All-Star games, though. Yeah, but back when the MLB used to have their all-star games the winning league got home field advantage at least there was something to watch and the games were interesting here something to fight for like yeah it's something to fight for here it's just like eh. as i said in one of our previous podcasts all-star games are a very very high selling point when it comes to certain players you can have a bunch of hardware but you're not going to get as much money as an all-star because all-stars are what draws the crowd you think of guys like monta ellis cj mccullum have 
good hardware, but don't have the all-star credentials. Expand the weekend, and for them to just have like four different all-star teams with the different quadrants, like Northeast Quadrants, Southeast Quadrant, Northwest, and then Southwest. So, I mean, like, like an all-star tournament. Exactly. Like that would be kind of fun. Yeah, and I, I'd enjoy watching that. Yeah, I enjoy watching the rookie They challenge. have to play for something. Like you said, exactly. the MLB all-star game, whether it's like losing GM gets shot, I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> It should be like the basketball tournament, where it's a winner-take-all. And it, like, every single... <laughs> You get more ping pong balls for picks or you yeah. know, something. No. Make but the, mo- something. the money is the motivator. If you get if every single player of the winning team gets a two million dollar check at the end of the game yeah, when they win, made- it's like yeah, that then it's going to be interesting. Even though it was a more competitive game last year, once they switched it up and had yeah, they the- did. But team captain, but the, it's yeah, just like it, there's nothing. There's no motivation in it, the game. It's a gimmick game, and you have yeah. to put a gimmick in it to make it. More interesting. Yeah, well, the gimmick is $2 million for each player. I do that. It's a good gimmick. I like the All-Stars. I think they got it right for the five. I'm going to read the Western All-Star Reserves. Russell Westbrook, Damian Lillard, Clay Thompson, Anthony Davis, Nikolai Jocic, LaMarcus Aldridge, and Carl Anthony Towns. I think they nailed the West to a T. I can't think of one person that I would rather have than these guys right here. And seeing Damian Lillard on an All-Star team... I mean, that's, thank God, because he gets snubbed so much. Yeah, I I think the only arguments you could maybe make is maybe instead of LaMarcus Aldridge, if his teammate DeMar DeRozan, Luka Doncic could have some consideration, but Tobias yeah, Harris. I would think Tobias Harris is another one, but I think DeRozan's probably the only one from the West that you could really argue was maybe snubbed. Tobias Harris is now, if you consider him a snub, would be the second Clipper in two years, with Lou Williams being the number one snub last year with the numbers he was putting up. I was livid about that one. So two Clippers in two years, getting snubbed off the All-Star team. Who cares, like Christian said, just the The off-brand. That's all he said, the off-brand. We're going to go Eastern starters. We're going to start with their captain, Giannis Antetokounmpo. 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 Still love saying that name. It's the Greek freak. (laughs) The Greek freak, Joel Embiid, Kawhi Leonard, Kemba Walker, and Kyrie Irving. Same question going around the circle, starting with uh, Evan. Do you think that they got the Eastern All-Stars with Irving, Walker, Leonard, Embiid, and Giannis? I think the only beef there is the second guard spot with Kemba getting that nod. But, I mean, it's a hometown game for Kemba. I think it's a really good story. And he, I think it's a good story. great. That's the only beef. The problem is, who, who do you put in there? Simmons? Bradley Beal? I mean, I, I think the East is tough. I, I'm, I'm completely fine with that, though. Kemba, I think, is the only possible argument there. Yeah, I totally agree. Corbin, for the five, do you agree with the East? Yeah, I agree with it, too. And uh, to Max's point, I think it's just more about... I care more about the 12 players that actually yeah. make the All-Star game from each team as I do who's starting and who's a reserve. Yeah. If you're an All-Star, you're an All-Star. They don't, they don't put on your accolades, oh, All-Star starter versus All-Star reserve. It's oh, yeah. 10-time All-Star. I would. Maybe, yeah. maybe, on their, maybe on their personal resumes. <laughs> and look at the two new names that are on there right now. That's what I'm surprised about. Chris Middleton and uh, Nikolai Vucevic, yeah, so both that, first-timers. I'll just go into the Eastern All-Star Reserves with Kyle Lowry, Victor Oladipo, who will not be playing in this game. Yeah. So we'll it, was, see. it was good to see, though, that he still yeah. got recognition. Because I thought coaches didn't have to decide on who was going to be a reserve until after he got injured. So I thought he might get screwed just because of that. It's nice to see There's him of get in, and then someone will replace him. Yeah, Blake Griffin, Nikolai Vucevic. So two... Vucevic. Two Nikolas in this game. Yes. We got one on the east, the one on the west. I'm He's the that. name of athlete. I like that. Chris Middleton, <laughs> who is one of the more underrated scorers yeah. around this league. Ben Simmons, 
the uh, third-time rookie of the year this year. <laughs> I know he's actually on the Rising Stars game, which I found funny because I feel like he's 45 years old at this point after how many rookie seasons he's, he's had. Yeah, Bradley Beal would be the one guy rounding off the Eastern All-Stars. I think they got it right for both Western and Eastern. It's going to be really exciting to I'm watch. I'm going to hop in there. I think that Blake Griffin should be a <laughs> starter over Joel Embiid. <laughs> to, me, to me, shut up, Corbin. To me... I hate Joel Embiid. I'm just going to say this right now. Amazing player. But Blake Griffin is playing out of his mind. I hope he finds a new team soon. But (laughs) I have been more impressed. Take it for what it is. I've been more impressed with Blake Griffin than I have been with Joel Embiid. And Joel Embiid has played this year. He hasn't bitched out on an injury yet. And that's amazing for him. The Pistons flip him to the Knicks for DeAndre Jordan, though. Shut your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think any Knicks fan would want that. But, yeah, let's move on to the Rising Stars game. So I'm going to read off the rosters to you guys. So this is first and second year players with the exception of Ben Ben Simmons, who is arguably a second year player. He's like a super senior. (laughs) But on the USA roster, it's Jared Allen, Marvin Bagley the third, Lonzo Ball, John Collins, De'Aaron Fox, Jaron Jackson Jr., Kyle Kuzma, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, and Trey Young. And then for the world roster, you have OG Ananobi, DeAndre Ayton, Bogdan Bogdanovich, which is the most unimaginative name in basketball. I saw someone put on Twitter with Bogdan Bogdanovich. <laughs> Someone's like, if I get a dog, I'm naming it Dogdan Bogdanovich. <laughs> I know if I get another dog, it's going to be in conversation with me and my girlfriend to see if that's acceptable. <laughs> and uh, rounding out the world roster, we got... Luka Doncic, Shai Gilgeous Alexander, Rodonis Karokchis, I think. I don't even know how to pronounce Karukas? his name. But on the Brooklyn Nets, uh, Laurie Markinen, Josh Akogi, Chetty Osman, and Ben Simmons. I just keep looking at his name, and I feel like it's a, like an error, but I know it's not because I've heard his name before. You know, his brother is Boyan Bogdanovich. But no, it's literally his last name twice. Yeah. Oh, my God. I feel like there's a thousand Bogdanoviches in the league right now, and I'm so confused. (laughs) Nikolai Bogdanovich. So, in my opinion, the world roster is going to destroy this USA roster. This isn't even a game, in my opinion. I think this is stacked. And last year, the USA roster was stacked. This year, the world looks extremely good. You took our job! I wouldn't be surprised if they destroy USA. Do you guys like this format better than the rookies versus sophomores? I do. Yes, 100%. Yeah, I do, because it was always sophomores beating up on the rookies every yeah. single year. And it right. kind of, as much as we enjoyed it, because it was a little more competitive than the All-Star game, it was, all, it was always the same. As what I like about it is their expansion to NBA Africa and so many places that the NBA is trying to take itself. Just like the NFL with them trying to get into London and other places now. It's great to see some of these sports that happen in the States being thrown towards other countries. So to have this... it adds that added element for people that aren't in the United States to watch the game, root for someone that might come from their country, and it really adds hope to some of the kids in other countries that the line to the NBA wasn't as clear as it is now for some of these players that are coming from outsourced places, and I think it's really cool to see some of the biggest stars in the league right now being from other countries. I honestly, I played with one dude who was from Canada. I... I love it. I want to see more players from other countries playing in all professional sports because, I mean, if you're 6'4 and you can run, it doesn't matter if you're from America or whatever part of the world. You, totally. you, you can play. Like, ball ball don't lie. So I, I love it. Every kid in every corner of the world can dream, come to America and, you know, be the next LeBron James. I love it. I totally agree. I want to talk, yeah. I want to talk Steve Kerr as our last topic and one of the best coaches to ever coach anything if you look at his numbers after I read this stat. Steve Kerr's needed just... 
377 games to reach 300 wins, fastest by any head coach in NBA, MLB, NFL, or NHL. The numbers that I just read don't lie, 377 games to reach 300 wins. That is so impressive. And he has rings as a player as well. This is a guy that doesn't know how to lose, it seems like. It's it's nice to be coaching arguably the most talented team in any in, in, in any relative sport. Wasn't True. Luke Wal- wasn't Luke Walton like twenty and zero? Quote was, unquote he was coaching thirty nine and four as the yeah. head coach while Steve Kerr was out. Yeah, I with, mean with anybody. MLB being in there though, that means every you said every good coach MLB has ever had in three years didn't get that. All the sports MLB, NFL, NHL. Right. That, that's insane. Well, it's in the first 377 games. That'll be like in two and a half years for baseball. Because they play 162 They play about 162. So now we're getting into math on NBA. Corbin, this is your, well, that's whoa, whoa, whoa. not your subject. No. Math is your subject. No, but that's crazy. But screw all the other sports. MLB, that's, that's the kicker right there. I think all of them are super impressive. And I want to ask you your opinion about... Uh, Evan, about Steve Kerr, the Warriors, and kind of what these numbers say to you. Yeah, well, my I, I didn't even look this up. Does he get? Doesn't Kerr get uh, credit for those Luke yeah, Walton he wins? Yeah, he does. He does. Yeah, so, so that's that's a funny thing that yeah. Luke Walton doesn't even get credit no, for those wins. Well, he got a coaching job, so good for him. He, yeah, would, yeah. he wouldn't have got the head coaching job if he didn't. If he gets Steve, to get fired by LeBron. Yeah, if Steve Kerr had a good back, Luke Walton would be a head coach right now. <laughs> yeah. No, but Steve Kerr, I mean, I, I do think, and I, I've always kind of thought this, and, and working at the league for six years, I, I've always kind of thought this too. I don't think Steve Kerr actually gets enough credit for what he's done for this team because you take a look at how many how many times have we seen, like, the amount of talent that some of these NBA teams have that just don't mesh well together. There's cancers in the locker room that end up making their way out to the media all the time. Like they do such a great job of, of controlling that stuff to the point where something gets out, like the KD Draymond situation earlier this year, that was made to look like it was the biggest deal in the world that KD and Draymond got in a little shouting fight. I mean, it, it's, it looks like it's kind of blown over pretty quickly there, and it's not that big of a deal now. But yeah, I mean, I think Steve Kerr has, has done such a good job there being around that team, I spent a lot of time with them when I was with the NBA. I spent 40 straight days on the road with the Warriors at one point. Um, and, yeah, I mean, he doesn't get enough credit there. If you take a look at the team he took over, I mean, yes, it's it's pretty much the best roster we've ever seen. But when he took over that team, I mean, we saw what Mark Jackson did with that team. It wasn't No one knew that that team was going to become the juggernaut that it was going to be the next season with Steve Kerr taking over. Um, I think he does such a good job with the personalities there. And, yeah, he's... He doesn't really get mentioned as like, wow, what a genius Steve Kerr is because of all the talent on the team. But I do think he's done a fantastic job with that. So I, I, I'm glad he's getting this recognition now for hitting these this kind of record so quickly. Steve Kerr is one of the best coaches statistically, and he has to have some respect. So now at this point, we're going to see how long this dynasty continues. That's all we have for you guys today on episode 43 of NBA Unwrapped. Evan Jacoby joining us from Yamble at Evan Jacoby on Twitter. Wanted to shout him out personally. He's going to be joining us on the NFL episode we're going to be doing right after this for briefly for the first 10 minutes. <clears throat> Super Bowl edition. One-year anniversary for NFL. Yeah, we're going to be doing a Q&A with Evan to discuss Yamble and their Super Bowl competition, what they have going on. We're going to be letting you guys know that it's real-time takes. 
It's a, an app that I'm so excited to be partnering up with and doing a lot of work with Evan here and so excited to have had him on the podcast today. Highly credentialed and just a guy with some amazing takes as you guys heard today and you'll be hearing a little bit more about him on the NFL Unwrapped podcast we'll be doing next. But want to remind you guys to listen to us on podcast.com or the Apple Podcast app. You can also find us on the Pulse Podcast Network. They have their website, or you can go find them on Twitter at Pulse Pod Network. Also download their app, Apple iTunes Store and Android. Make sure to go find all your crazy podcasts, whatever you do like. It's all going to be right there, and you can most definitely find ours. So make sure you go and check them out. With Yamble, make sure you check them out in the Apple Store. It's the beta phase right now, so you're going to have to download the Test Flight app and then go and download Yamble. It's Apple's way of testing out the beta products. So with Gamble, it's Gamble with the Y, as you like to say, and we'll be talking more about that on NFL. Follow us on Twitter at NBA Unwrapped. You can follow Corbin on Twitter at Corbin Unwrapped. You can follow Christian on Twitter at McGowan75. You can follow Max on Twitter here at Party Max, parties with an I. Follow me on Twitter at Perry Aston, And like I said, follow our guest Evan Jacoby on Twitter at Evan Jacoby. And lastly, want to remind you guys to check out our website at unwrappedsports.com. We've been up for about a week now, and we have upwards towards close to 20 articles on there from us, from the contributors. And I wanted to shout out our new team members and the contributors that have joined Unwrapped Sports in the last week, week and a half. We are so beyond proud to have you guys on the team. And so far, our website's looking amazing. The content, we're just churning it out, guys. Corbin has been stepping up big time. So much work there with the articles that have been flying in. So excited for the growth that we've seen at Unwrapped Sports Network, branding the network now. We do have our Twitter page as well for the network. If you want to go check that out, it's at Unwrapped Sports. Won't be tweeting live news from there. Breaking news will be coming from our podcast pages, but that's where you can find all of our tweeted articles. You can find we'll be tweeting a lot of our podcasts from there. So just one central hub for everything. And like I said, just so excited for the growth. Shout out to everyone that's joined the Unwrapped team. We are just up and up from here. So excited for everything. Yeah, it's been off the website that we've done so far. We're continuing to make improvements both to how it looks, how it functions, and then just shout out to our writers. They've sent in some really incredible content, some stuff that, I mean, I've been reading it. It's been giving me new takes on some stuff, especially before the Knicks made this Porzingis trade. There was an article about why they shouldn't trade for Anthony Davis, and there were some good reasons behind it. Just, yeah, go go check out that article. Check out some different articles. You'll really enjoy it. Yeah, thank you guys so much for joining us on episode 43 of NBA Unwrapped, and we'll catch you guys next time.